Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Keisha Covered Podcast. This is Brent Maycock along with my colleagues Scott Pask, Mac Moore, and Ricky Peterson here to talk about the prep going on across the state for the past couple of weeks. And uh, we're starting to hit the home stretch of the year. I can't believe it's uh, early May and we're getting ready for state championships to start next week. It seems like this spring has really flown by. Uh, you know, we come out of that long winter season. It just seems to kind of last forever. And then next thing you know, you know, you're in spring and boom, here we are already in the in the postseason with our uh, our first regional uh, tennis got started yesterday. But before we dive into tennis, that'll be the first uh, state championship, athletic state championship of the spring to be contested uh, next week. We'll talk a lot about state tennis, uh, kind of previewing that a little bit. But before we do that, we'll kind of Bop around the, the different areas of the state and kind of kind of talk about what's uh, what struck our eye from the from the past two weeks since our last podcast. We'll start with with uh, South Central Kansas, where Scott's been out on the golf course and much to his chagrin, not playing golf but watching golfers and uh, and he sees some pretty good golf uh, out of out of the, his area the past couple of weeks, especially from Cape of Mount Carmel, Scott. Yeah, I, I uh, went over to Hutchinson uh, last Friday and, and covered the uh, annual drought buster that is the Hutchinson Invitational, where they they bring in more than thirty teams, uh, about about one hundred seventy five golfers competing in in uh, I think it's the largest single day uh, uh, tournament in the state, and I've I've heard I, I, I maybe speaking out of turn, but maybe the largest single day tournament in the in the one of the largest single day tournaments in the country, and it's a uh, uh, you know, it's 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 a test of of will for kids because they're they're gonna, they know they're going to play a six hour round, and then you throw in uh, the conditions that we had Friday with the with some strong winds and and some light rain, and and uh, it was it was just a really a, a stern test. And and Cape of Mount Carmel, the the two time reigning five A champions, ends up winning the uh, uh, the team competition with a, a team score of 293 and, and uh, their rival city league rival, Bishop Carroll finishes second with a, a 301. So uh, not, not just lights out scoring days, but, but still a 293, a really good score for, for Capen. And uh, I talked to Capen assistant, Eric Johnson after, after they finished and, and uh, he had an interesting kind of an interesting uh, measuring stick for, or said there's an inter- interesting measuring stick for Capen's program. They tend to uh, once the, the, the uh, spring prom hits. That's when they they really want to focus, flip the switch, and, and focus toward the the home stretch of the season. And and so it's it's kind of a marker for their season. Well, they had they had prom on April twenty second, and then went out and and promptly lost to Carroll in a in a league meet a couple days later. Um, but then came back and 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 played really well uh, uh, at Hutchinson, and then. Uh, the other day, uh, on one of the prettier days that we've had this spring, out at uh, Texan Solver Golf Course in Wichita, uh, Cape and Mount Carmel fires a four-man score of 275, and and that's 13 under par for in relation to par there. And uh, they got a 66 from from uh, their outstanding junior Asher Whitaker, and then uh, Connor Geist to Wichita State signed. He shoots a 68. Uh, Quay Oliver, another senior with a 70, and, and Noah Pirtle with a 71. So they take the top four spots in, in that tournament. And and uh, so I think that, that prom marker, Capen's uh, uh, living up to, to promise, uh, you know, with what they what they did there the other day. And then 275, uh, you know, I asked their coaches if that's that was a program record. They believe it is. That's, that's uh, and, and, you know, that's, Capen is, is a traditional power in the state and, and 
has a golfer on the PGA Tour right now and, and have had, you know, past Big 8 champions in their program. So to, to shoot 275 and have a score that stands that, uh, uh, you know, that high is pretty pretty remarkable. And, and uh, so Capen definitely with some momentum heading into, into, into the month of May. And then uh, some other sports I did, was able to – I've been able to catch up with Wichita Trinity's baseball and softball programs last week. And, and they're just having an outstanding spring. The, the Trinity baseball team is 18-0. And uh, uh, rolling into to their their regular season finale next week against the reigning three A champion Wichita Collegiate and Collegiate ended their ending Trinity season last year. So this uh, this regular season finale will be a big measuring stick uh, uh, for Trinity, which is is led by an outstanding senior uh, shortstop in Easton Norris. He's he's just an out just really a threat to pound the ball and, and just a highly skilled player. Uh, Trinity's coached by Josh Robertson, who uh, I think we've mentioned in a previous podcast, a longtime baseball executive, uh, minor league baseball executive here uh, in the Wichita area. So uh, Trinity with a, a, a good run here and looking to complete the regular season uh, unbeaten, but they'll have to get past a collegiate team that just wrapped up the uh, um, the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division Four title with a double with a uh, pair of double extra or <laughs> extra inning victories over Andale Garden playing the other night. So. Uh, that'll be a good matchup uh, here as we hit, we head into uh, get ready for the baseball regional season. Um, you know, then just looking looking at the track. I I think uh, we I've all been keeping an eye on on which any junior Clay Shively. And last week he was supposed to be part of that highly anticipated Drake Drake Relays Mile race, but uh, I think woke up not feeling well on on race day and and was a late scratch for that. So. Uh, kind of a, a missed opportunity to see if he could make that run at a, at a four minute sub four minute mile, but he's, he's on the heat sheet for that, that star studded mile race that'll be run at the Shawnee mission North relays this weekend. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing what, uh, uh, you know, if, if Clay's got, uh, uh, you know, something big in store there. Um, you know, I think else elsewhere, I think, you know, we're kind of moving into the, to the, the nitty gritty for the sw- the girls swimming season as well and and uh, the Wichita City League meet uh, starts with diving uh, here Thursday night and and uh, then on Friday they'll have uh, the swimming events and then Cape and Mount Carmel looking to be a strong uh, strong part of that and then also probably a strong part of the of the 5A competition again this season and then there's another another good meet uh, on Saturday at, at eight, coming up at, at Andover with the uh, uh, reigning champion Andover hosting that and and uh, one uh, one swimmer I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Saturday morning is is uh, Trinity's Alika Howard who is is qualified is posted qualifying times in every individual event for state so uh, she'll have a good field to race against uh, uh, on Saturday and and uh, and looking forward to that uh, so that's that's just kind of a few things that's going on here in, in South Central Kansas and and. Uh, I'll pass it along to you, Ricky, out in Western Kansas. Yeah, you know, uh, I've talked about it before. I've been in softball. I've been really intrigued by this Class 3A regional at Scott City. Um, right now, uh, Haskell County, which is Satanta and Sublette, uh, you know, they they have a 15-1 and record to lead that. Holcomb's 13-1. and Cimarron's 10-4, and who's beat they've beat Holcomb Scott City's 11 and 5 um there's seven teams in that regional right now that has winning records and i think i you know i think maybe Holcomb and Scott City and Haskell County might be some of the favorites but i really think that that regional could be pretty wide open cuz there's a lot of a lot of solid teams in that so it'll be kind of interesting to see 
you know how how that regional shakes out. Uh, you know, sticking with softball, uh, I'll have a softball standouts later today on Hayes High. Uh, they just secured the WAC title for the first time in, in 12 years. You know, they they started out with Valley Center, which Valley Center is obviously loaded this year. Um, and, you know, they took their lumps in, in, in that series. Uh, I think they lost one of the games 19 to nothing. But, uh, you know, in talking to their coach, Abby Gillen, there was some things that they could take away from that and that maybe helped them in, in, the, in whack against uh, playing a good team in Garden City. Uh, they took two out of three against Garden City, and that pretty much made the difference for them to get that whack crown. So uh, a really solid year for them. Um, Aubrey Thomas is a heck of a pitcher. I saw her pitch last week against TMP, and she had a five-inning no-hitter. Um, and they got they got some good bats in that lineup, too, so it's been a really good year for the Ace High softball team. And, uh, you know, sticking in town, TMP's had a really good really good year, too. They took three straight losses early in the year um, and then put together a nice win streak before they met Hayes. But uh, I think they can really uh, – Really, I think they really have a good shot to win that 2A, 1A regional in, in Ellis. So, um, you know, in Hayes, the softball's been been pretty impressive. Um, yeah, you know, looking at some other sports, uh, you know, obviously I've talked about Elkhart a lot this year. Um, they have title aspirations. Uh, and this year, you know, this week we feature, featured a kid in Cage, Ralston, who has a heck of a story. Uh, you know, he, he had a terrible accident when he was – when he was a kid, uh, you know, uh, and it, he lost vision in one of his uh, in one of his eyes. So he's been able to be, you know, Elkhart's ace with only having vision in, in one eye. And then uh, uh, had another terrible setback. Uh, you know, heading into the year, uh, he lost his family, lost his house in a terrible house in a terrible fire. And um, I know the community's really really rallied rallied around him. So. Uh, you know, just just an incredible story of facing all the adversity that he has. Um, you know, in some of the other sports, uh, Max Neely from Dighton just he's just a heck of a heck of an athlete. He's had had a tremendous career in uh, in football and in, in pole vaulting. He's a uh, he just hit his PR, which is fifteen seven. I believe that's the the fourth best pole vault in the state. Um, you know, he's I. Hoping to get around the the sixteen foot mark, and uh, I enjoy talking to him. He'll, I really think he'll he'll um, have a really good state meet. Um, in golf, uh, Garden City's Maddox Shook is having a heck of a year. He just won the tournament at Newton. I believe he was eight under par. He also won the Hayes Invitational this year. Um, Drew Hines from Ellenwood is another guy that's had had some had some big big tournaments so uh yeah i think it, i think that pretty much covers it for for my area I'll let either mac or brent take over i'll jump in and uh going with uh golf uh went out uh to the ben seiler uh, uh tournament uh memorial invitational on Monday, and that served as the third leg of the the Sunflower League uh, as well. So, uh, going out there, that was uh, uh, Olathe West Day. You know, we talked about earlier in the year where uh, it, just a really deep team, and and uh, going up against the Shawnee Mission East, that is also a deep team. But Olathe West got uh, a three ten score uh, to take first. And uh, Shawnee Mission East finished in second with a 322. So 
uh, a 12 stroke uh, lead there, although that did not uh, make a difference in the, the league standings overall because uh, through three tournaments, Shawnee Mission East uh, has a 906 and took first Olathe West uh, a 927. So 21 stroke lead, even after cutting 12 off of there on that last one. Uh, but uh, still saw a lot of what. Uh, would make me think that Olathe West is just as much of a contender for that 6A title as uh, Shawnee Mission East, which is, you know, we, we talked earlier uh, in the year uh, about Miles uh, Tarvin for Olathe West uh, being somebody who, uh, as a junior, is able to hit really low scores for them, and uh, he ends up taking sixth in this one. Uh, they were led by Bennett Warren, uh, who is a, a sophomore, and uh, Nick Nicloy, who very hard name to say, uh, a, a a junior, so I have to keep saying it uh, for the next couple of years. But uh, they finish one and two. Uh, Warren with a seventy four, and Nicloy with a seventy seven. Uh, he's tied in second uh, with uh, Shawnee Mission Northwest uh, Cooper Newkirk and Shawnee Mission East uh, Wiley Curtis. But uh, just having you know basically a top four to six golfers uh, that can be interchangeable uh, at who's going to finish at the top of the board. Uh, I think it's pretty similar for both Olathe West and Shawnee Mission East. So Olathe West gets the win there, but uh, going into the, the postseason, it'll be interesting to to see who comes through at, at regionals and at state to, to, to be their top golfer on any uh, given day because uh, they just have so many uh, they can really hit low scores. So that was an interesting one. And then another little fun uh, tidbit was uh, Shawnee Mission uh, South had two golfers that hit holes in one within the last week. First, it was Merrick Gregory. And then on Monday, it was uh, Carter Coughlin. Very fun for them. And I think they were playing like one hole apart uh, on Monday. So the the kid who had hit the hole in one uh, earlier in the week uh, was sitting there on the previous hole and he hears him cheering. He's like, what happened? And so they're just yelling from the next hole, hole in one. And it was they got really excited for that. So uh, fun little moment uh, for them there. Uh, but looking at uh, uh, some other sports in my area, uh, you know, baseball right now, still kind of the same story, Olathe South. Uh, at a couple losses just because, uh, you know, you're going to face some tough teams. Uh, they go into the uh, River City Baseball Classic and face some some really tough teams from the Missouri side of the state line. Uh, end up dropping one to Liberty, but also Shawnee Mission East uh, gets one off them. So a, a losing streak there, uh, but they're still 13 and, and three on the year. So pretty good chance that they can uh, finish out this season strong. But, uh, you know, uh, always creeping up behind them. Uh, Blue Valley West, the reigning 6A champ, uh, you know, they had a couple early uh, losses. Uh, they're right now, uh, I think they're 14 and four, um, a team that, you know, they have the, the, the players, uh, a lot of returners from that state uh, team last year, uh, definitely a, a team that as you you get towards the end of the season when you uh, four losses and uh, when you play in the EKL, pretty good. So uh, those are the two teams right now to, to look at. 
Um, but uh, another one, uh, you know, and this is for baseball and softball, uh, Ottawa is 14 and four, both baseball and softball, which I think going into the year, uh, that was something the Ottawa team uh, knew that they had uh, a lot of all state players returning. So that one's not a surprise, but uh, seeing the, the Ottawa softball team be able to match uh, what the baseball team is doing uh, pretty cool story there uh, this year. And, Looking at uh, girls' soccer, uh, you know, I've talked already previous pods about uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, they're still, you know, doing their thing. Uh, Blue Valley Southwest still doing their thing. Uh, one I haven't got uh, talked about but has had uh, a really great year. Mill Valley uh, right now is a 10-1-1 team. Uh, their one loss was 1-0 against Shawnee Mission East uh, back on April 28th. And, you know, they, they had a tie against Olathe West and a really good record. But, you know, the real test is probably going to be coming up. Uh, they'll face Shawnee Mission North uh, probably before we get the podcast out. Uh, that one might have already happened. But uh, on Saturday, they're going to face uh, Aquinas. So that'll be a really good test for, for Mill Valley uh, to, to, to get themselves sharpened and ready, uh, to try to, to, uh, make a, a push here. And, and, uh, you know, we, in previous years, you might run up into the, the buzzsaw against an Aquinas and, you know, obviously Blue Valley Southwest, another good 5A team, uh, Bill Valley and 6A this year, uh, looking, uh, like a, a really strong contender to, to, to push, uh, Blue Valley West and see if they can knock them uh, off their long reign uh, atop 6A, but not just them. Uh, the uh, Shawnee Mission East 11 and 2 this year, Blue Valley uh, 12 and 2. Uh, you know, just uh, really good teams at the top of the EKL and the Sunflower League. Uh, so that's definitely the the ones to look for uh, in in 6A this year. And uh, looking over uh, at uh, swimming, uh, another one where I think we know some of the, the names of, uh, you know, ones that have done, uh, really good in previous years, uh, your Annika Finzens and, you know, uh, just, uh, you got the, the whole crew from free state. Uh, but one that, you know, I know I, I did a story on, uh, going into state last year and then it didn't quite shape up, but, uh, looking really good this year, Mill Valley's, uh, Ella Hansen, uh, she, uh, you know, uh, this year competing against the, the, the six, a swimmers, uh, she's number one in a handful of events, number one in uh, 200 yard freestyle, uh, she's number three in 200 yard individual medley, uh, number one right now in 50 freestyle, hundred butterfly and hundred freestyle. Uh, I think she's fourth in, in 500 freestyle. So, uh, hundred, uh, I almost forgot, uh, number one in hundred, uh, backstroke. So, uh, I think for her right now, uh, it really just come down to which one does she play at, which two events that she playing on swimming in at state. Uh, cause right now it, she kind of has her pick there. Uh, and so that's a, going to be an interesting, uh, one to watch, uh, as we, uh, go into the, the state for that one. Uh, but, uh, a lot of really, uh, you know, good competitors from last year that, uh, you know, we, we have at blue Valley Northwest, uh, Sophia Paduano, uh, you know, she's, 
one that had a, a one and a two uh, last year at state and, and same events. She's right there at the, the top again, but uh, again, getting pushed down the list by, uh, you know, uh, Ella Hansen. So uh, it, it'll be very interesting to, to, to see uh, kind of where different top swimmers pick. Uh, Cause that can really shake things up and, 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 and see who kind of can slide in and have a chance at a, a state title this year. But uh, definitely Ella Hansen's one that after uh, having a couple years of getting close, uh, it's going to uh, – hard to imagine she won't walk away without a, a gold this year. So uh, that's a, a fun story looking at uh, girls swimming from my area. But uh, I'll kick it to uh, Brent to, to look at the – top standouts from his area. Yeah, it's been a, been a busy uh, busy couple of weeks in, in north central Kansas area and just touch on some of the some of the stuff that I talked about and written about uh went out to a great doubleheader softball on Monday night uh two uh, two of the three undefeated teams in class 2-1A um Troy and McLeod were playing on Monday. McLeod goes into that doubleheader 17 and 0. Troy went in 16 and 0. Troy was runner up in state last year in class 2-1A. And got to state by beating McLeod one nothing. Well, and on Monday this one was uh pretty much all McLeod. Troy comes out, gets a two run home run from Peyton Engman in the first inning, and and uh, McLeod answers right back with the three runs in the bottom of the first, and they steadily pull away for a six two win, and then they just uh, just dominate the second game fifteen zero. So McLeod. Uh, really impressive doubleheader victory, and it's going to be a deal where those two teams are in the same regional. So that was kind of a showcase uh, preview of what, uh, what might be to come in regional play. And I'm guessing that, uh, when they meet again in regionals, if that, if that does materialize, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a burn burner. Peyton Engeman from, from Troy is an outstanding pitcher. She's two home runs shy of the state single season home run record. She has 16 this year. That's two away from 18 from uh, half away from Olathe Northwest a few years back. And, uh, and McLeod, you know, just great pitching with Carissa Bandle and Danny Lee. They got a one-two punch there. Danny Lee, uh, seven home runs this year. She hit one the other night. So McLeod, uh, Troy, great doubleheader and, and should be a great uh, great regional championship game just like it was last year when it was a one nothing game with Troy winning on a walk-off in the bottom of the seventh, a walk-off hit in that game. But uh, some really good softball. Uh, Osage City and Central Heights, I wrote about Osage City last week. Um, having a kind of a turnaround season for them after going six and fifteen last year, uh, they played Central Heights last week uh, in a battle for the top spot in the Flint Hills League. Central Heights goes into that doubleheader undefeated, and they come away with a split. Osage City wins one, and Central Heights wins one. So a really good doubleheader for that one. Um, Washburn Rural uh, they split with Manhattan, but wrap up the Centennial League title. Um, with that split, uh, Emerson Cope just having a great year for Washburn Rural. She's a Nebraska signee, uh, dominant in the circle and, and great offensively as well. And and Washburn Rural really has busted out the the, the sticks this year. They're closing in on their team record for home runs this season. We got a few more games to try to get there, but uh, uh, Washburn Rural, your Centennial League champions, and Royal Valley claims the Big Seven League title. Um, they get a sweep of Sabetha to finish a twelve and two run and in big seven league play. So congratulations to Royal Valley on, on winning their, their big seven championship. Uh, you know, they, they had some strong teams a few years back that were, were big, big seven champions and, and rivaled Holton at that time. And, and uh, now they're back on top in the league this year. So 
a great season for the Panthers who have already finished up their regular season, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, most teams, most teams still have a few games to go, but Royal Valley has already finished. So they're just, just waiting for regional play to start. And kind of on the flip side of them is Manhattan baseball. Uh, right now, Manhattan baseball has only played 11 games, uh, which seems like <laughs> not very many given that you really only got a, about a week and a half uh, left before regionals start. And so, so uh, you know, Manhattan's got a lot of games to try to get in here. I know they're playing. supposed to play two tomorrow night and then two, two or possibly three on Saturday. So they'll pick up some games in a hurry. But they're eleven and zero. They're going to be the Centennial League champions in baseball this year. Um, just Manhattan just keeps going, I and mean, that's it's what they do. They they uh, typically are, are a team that challenges and, and shares at least the title of the Centennial League. Uh, you know, with past Centennial League foes like Seaman and Washburn Rural and Hayden. Um, all have been right there in the mix, but this year Manhattan 11 and 0 uh, overall, and has already wrapped up the Centennial League title. And I wrote about uh, Onega and Valley Falls. Uh, you know, those are two teams in Class 2-1, and they've really, uh, really done done some good things this season. And they'll play each other tonight, weather pending. Uh, it's raining up in Topeka right now, and uh, they're supposed to meet tonight um, up in. I believe it's up in Valley Falls, but uh, Omega 13 and three and Valley Falls 14 and four going into that game. Uh, Valley Falls just got swept by Oskaloosa, which uh, beats them. And, and Oskaloosa actually takes the Northeast Kansas League title with that sweep, uh, beating Valley Falls on Monday. So Valley Falls uh, takes a couple losses going into that big matchup with Omega and Olega. Omega split with St. Mary's Academy on Monday. So uh, they they were, you know, doing really well. Let's see, they were 12 and two coming into the week and Valley Falls was 12, was 14 and two coming in the week. And now they're both, you know, they've both lost combined three of their last four, but it still should be an uh, entertaining doubleheader uh, between Onega and Valley Falls this week. And, and uh, so those are some baseball highlights, golf, uh, Washburn Rural claims a Centennial League golf title. Um, they go one, two individual, individually with, with Brian Terrell and Tegan Monismith tying for the title. Uh, Tegan Monismith wins in a playoff to become the Centennial League champion, but Rural posts a 299 and beats Manhattan by 21 strokes, which was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Rural and Manhattan kind of gone back and forth this year, but uh, Rural has a really good day. They actually go one, two, three, and five in, at the at the meet uh, with Andrew Burdett tying for third and Tyler Bompson taking fifth. So uh, another league title for Washburn Rural, uh, you know, the program, them in Manhattan have routinely squared off against each other for the title and R Rural gets it again this year. And then the UKC also held their league meet um, on Monday and Shawnee Heights, Alex Valdivia, multi-time state placer. Uh, he wins the league title by one shot over DeSoto's Will Kerr and two shots over Seaman Zach Weir and Topeka West Smiles Alonzo. And DeSoto takes the team title by one shot over Shawnee Heights, a 332 to 333. So, uh, so those couple league champions. And then uh, Castle Grove's uh, Drew Buckman won a couple tournaments this week, including the Southeast Saline Invitational, uh, where they, that was a good field. They had Southeast Saline, they had Heston there. Those two are currently the top two ranked teams in, in, class, uh, in class 3A. But uh, Council Grove's Drew Buckman goes up and, and wins that tournament to post a couple nights' victories. Also wins uh, the title with at Sabetha uh, last week. So those are some uh, area standouts from North Central Kansas. And I also oh, and also uh, want to give a shout out to Piper Soccer, um, having a, just a great season. They were nine and six last year. 
This year, they're 13-1, and one and currently the top seed in Class 5A East. Uh, pick up a big win over Hayden on Monday night. Um, they've, they've won the United Kansas Conference title. Uh, they're undefeated in, in UKC play and uh, just having a great season. Their only loss was to Shawnee Mission Northwest to start the year 2 to nothing. Uh, since then, they've, they've only given up one, two, three, seven goals uh, during their current 13-game winning streak, two of those coming against Hayden uh, on Monday. And they'll get a really good test on uh, tonight. They're, they're playing host to uh, Bishop Miege uh, tonight. So we'll really find out a lot about Piper, but just having a great season. Uh, Sierra Montez, uh, Ryan Clark are two of their standouts that have, have really had great seasons for them, but their defense – has just been great this year. They have a, a German uh, foreign exchange student, uh, Fally Ruther, who uh, has come in and, and made a difference in, in goal as the goalkeeper for them. And and they just had a tremendous year uh, for P Casey Piper. And uh, they handed Seaman their only loss. Seaman's currently 12-1 and, and and having an awesome season. Uh, those two are the top two teams right now in Class 5A on the east side. And then um, – uh, last yesterday, beautiful day, uh, went out and caught uh, the class two, three, two, one, a regional tennis over in Lawrence. Uh, it was out at Rock Chalk Park and, uh, and got to, got a chance to go see, uh, Kansas City Christian play for the first time. Uh, and boy, the, the Panthers really put on a show yesterday. They go one, two in, in singles play with Caleb Bartles, uh, beating teammate Ian Garris for the finals. And then they also get the doubles championship. Uh, James Vander Ark and Jackson Newman uh, take the titles there. So um, Casey Christian qualifies all six of its entries for uh, state tournaments, which will start next week. And that leads us into uh, a little bit of preview for state tennis. And I know Scott covered the uh, collegiate tournament of champions a couple of weeks ago when he was down there. He was talking with coach Dave Hawley um, about, you know, the kind of the class three, two, one, a landscape this year. And, and Coach Hawley said, you know, Casey Christian is the favorite to win this year. They're just loaded um, with, especially with Bartles and, and the doubles team of Vander Ark and Newman. Both of them had great success down at the collegiate tournament of champions. Bartles finishes runner up down there. Uh, Vander Ark and Newman go top four down there. And Casey Christian placed a second as a, as a team. And, and uh, I talked to Coach Miller from Casey Christian yesterday and, and told him that Hawley had said, hey, he says, you guys are the favorite this year. And, and in true coach style, he deflects it right back and says, we, he says that every year about us. He, you know, the favorite's collegiate until somebody can beat him. Well, this could be the year somebody does beat collegiate. Uh, you know, Caleb Bartles was a, a top three finisher in singles as a freshman uh, two years ago. Last year, he makes a late season switch and joins Vander Ark at doubles, and they go out and win the state doubles, doubles title. This year, Bartles goes back to singles. And, uh, and has had a great season, 29-3 and three this year. All three of his losses are to super quality competition. Uh, he has victory over uh, Kale Groff of in Independence, who was a Class 4A state champion two years ago. A uh, number of other great victories under his belt. So he's going to be uh, one of the favorites to win the singles draw down in Class 3-2-1A. And then James Vanderark and Jackson Newman. Vanderark has placed top four at state the last two years in doubles play placed with his brother a couple years ago last year wins it with Bartles this year he and Jackson Newman who was his doubles partner last year up until they made that late switch uh, they've, they've had a great season 27 and four this season and they beat uh, the Marysville duo of Simeon Wasson and Blake Spicer in the uh, in the 
regional finals yesterday, but they uh, they get all six through, and and that's what it takes. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go challenge for a state title, you can't just have one or two guys, and you might have the guys that take first and second in in your respective draw, but if you don't have that depth, it's hard to go out and, and win a state title. And and Casey Christian seems to have that depth this year, but. As we all know, that class 3-2-1-A title, as long as Wichita Collegiate's in the field, they're going to be somebody that you have to overcome, not just on the court, but in your head. And uh, Scott, you know, Collegiate, they're going to have a lot of extra motivation this year to uh, to bring home yet another state title. And if you want to talk a little bit about Collegiate and their outlook for state this year as well. Yeah, as you mentioned, the, um, you know, the Spartans are trying to set the table for one last uh, state run under under Coach Holly, who's uh, uh, retiring from the high school coaching ranks after next week's three two one A tournament in Wichita, and 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 looking at what Kansas City Christian has lined up with Bartles and singles and, and Vander Ark and Newman and doubles. Uh, you know, it's good. It's going to be a tall task for the Spartans to send uh, Holly out a winner, uh, a winner of his sixtieth state team title. I mean, that's the just the the, the eye popping number that you associate. He's, he's got fifty nine team titles, thirty three on the girls' side, and twenty six on the boys. Uh, since they, you know, uh, Casey only started giving uh, those team tennis titles away in the mid nineteen eighties. So that just that gives you an idea of, of how dominant the Spartans have been. And and uh, you know, I don't think. I, I think Coach Holly will say that that uh, Kansas City Christian is is the uh, is the favorite, but I also know that he 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 will issue the caveat that that the the Spartans will not just concede it and hand it over. And I, I truly expect that's what's going to make for a great three two one a tournament, uh, you know, next week in Wichita. And uh, you know, I, I don't know that the Spartans may not be loaded top to bottom like they have been in, in past years, but but I watched Carter Drumright, their sophomore, win the the league number one singles title on, on Monday in El Dorado. Uh, you know, he got that done and then hopped in the car, drove to Wichita and, and uh, uh, played in a doubleheader with the collegiate's reigning state champion baseball team and, and uh, uh, got the win and the nightcap of that one on the mound. So quite a day uh, for Carter that you can read about on, on CaseyCovered.com. And then uh, also in singles, they've got a good freshman in Charlie Gentile who didn't play in the league meet. Uh, he had, they had sent him to Heston last week to try to get it to uh, try to get a match against uh, Central Plains standout uh, Peyton Ryan and and uh, Ryan ended up winning that match eight to six a good a good showdown between those two and and maybe one that can be renewed uh, uh, at state but uh, yeah so collegiate uh, they're certainly not stepping out or bowing out easily but but it, it certainly will be a challenge and and uh, you know I caught up with Coach Holly. <clears throat> On a rainy day last week at the, the Collegiate Tennis Complex, that, that ironically bears his name, and and got a kind of got a peek of what will keep his, his retirement from being a true retirement next year. Uh, he's going to continue to coach the Collegiate Middle School program and, and teach history there for at least one more year. And and uh, that day that I went to talk with him, he had about twenty middle schoolers who who wanted to hit balls in the rain. So so there's an example of the culture that that Holly's successor uh, will inherit next season. And. And uh, Coach Holly sat down with me for a Casey Covered podcast interview and, and shared why it was time to lighten his load, uh, how he arrived at Collegiate in the late 70s. And the one thing that he really doesn't enjoy about uh, about leading the state's most successful program, uh, among other topics. And, and here's my sit down uh, with Wichita Collegiate tennis coach Dave Holly. Please be joined on the Case You Covered podcast by Wichita Collegiate Tennis Coach Dave Hawley. 
one of the best to ever coach in any sport in Kansas high school history and, and allow me to, to uh, share some numbers to illustrate that. Uh, the Kansas State High School Activities Association started awarding team champ championships in girls and boys tennis back in the fall of 1985. During that period, Wichita Collegiate's girls have won 33 state championships out of a possible 38 years since 1985. The boys have won 26 team championships out of a possible 36 since 1986. Under Coach Holly's watch, the, the Wichita Collegiate uh, boys team has produced 13 single state champions, 19 double state champions, and the girls have produced 22 singles champions and 28 doubles champions. Wichita Collegiate's girls won state championships for 13 consecutive years from 1986 to 1998. And then Collegiate surpassed that with 14 straight titles here, the 14th coming last fall in 3-2-1-A. On November 18th, the architect of Collegiate's program, Coach Holly, announced he was retiring from high school coaching at the end of the spring tennis season. And Coach, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, Glad I, to be here. I, 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 when, when this podcast, when we release this podcast, you will probably be standing in, in Conway Springs at your final regional tournament. Uh, I, I saw the other day where you posted that uh, this was your final tournament of champions, which is Wichita Collegiate's wonderful, wonderful tournament that brings in many of the top teams and players from, from across the state. And, uh, you know, I guess my first question to you, there's a lot of these final this, final that, last this, last that. Just this, this spring with where you're at, or are you taking in all, all these moments that you, that you have for the, for the final time as a high school coach? Yeah, I really am. I'm, I'm taking some pictures. Yeah. I, I talk to the team. I, I talk to my wife, talk to my kids. Say, well, that's the last time I ever go to Tawanda, <laughs> or that's the last time I ever go to McPherson, or... Topeka, at least in, in this particular uh, setting, and so and it's kind of a it's kind of a, a bittersweet thing. I can remember uh, when I first started coaching, we'd gone to we'd gone to Tawanda five years in a row, and I thought, you know, I wonder how many more years I'm going to do this. <laughs> I really remember the road between Circle High School and what we used to play at Butler County, uh, the other group of it, and remembering. Um, you know, this is a six mile drive. How much more do I want to do this and whatever? And it turns out I did it 30, 35 times, <laughs> which is which is okay. I mean, it's, it's been wonderful. And the places that we've gone, that we've gone consistently have really good, uh, they hold really good memories for me. And but our, but our landscape has definitely changed over the years from where we used to go and where we go now. And uh, a lot of things have changed in terms of level of competition and uh, the amount of really good tennis, which I think is out there, so yeah, that's that's a nice thing. And, may, and so I think at some point in time I will sit back and just reflect on all the, the little nuances and, and nooks and crannies of the places, and, and just let that wash over for a while. I see, I see. Well, I, I'm I go back to, to November 18th, and it, and it was kind of a had a dreary Friday, and, and it, was, it was I was getting ready for to cover some state semifinal football, and and certainly wasn't expecting any big high school tennis news to come out that day, and and uh, uh, there and then there it was. Uh, Coach Holly announces he's going to retire after the spring season, and and uh, um, you know I guess my, my question to you is, and I know I, I've known you long enough, I've heard you say that you know I'm not going to do this forever. Uh, what finally got you to the point uh, back back last fall where you decided uh, this is it? This is I'm going to call it call it quits here. Well, I think 
a couple things. One of which was um, I I have I just there I want to spend more time watching my older grandkids play. Like we, I talked to my son last night, and they live in Edmond, and both of my grandsons that live there play baseball, and the, the younger one plays baseball, football, and basketball, and he's good. They're both good at at what they do, and I really don't get to see them play. Like we're gonna. We're going to make a very quick trip down to Edmond this weekend to watch a tournament for one of them. But I've missed the entire season of the freshman uh, who pitched on the Edmond Memorial freshman baseball team. I haven't seen a single game. I see. And I, I don't like that. I mean, he's going to be, he has three more years, and I, I don't really want to envision missing that. So that's, that's part of it. And that's part of it was we have, we're in a position where, with both of our programs, that we have really good kids coming. I mean, we're, we've got really nice kids right now, but, mm -hmm. but we've got nice kids along in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade who are going to be contributors. And just like today, I mean, you know, it's raining, and, and we've got 20 kids out there right. hitting tennis balls who didn't have to come to practice. And I, I love the fact that those kids are going to be the ones that are kind of stepping up in the yeah. in the next couple of years. And I also, I just, I just frankly, the biggest one reason was that I really got tired, and I still am very tired of telling kids, you know, I'm not going to take you to regionals. I mean, it's it's so much of the decision about who we end up taking yeah. is um, totally precious on one part. I mean, it's just like, and, and I, it's not always easy to understand. I've had these conversations with kids through the years and with sometimes with their parents about, I realize there are, there's no the way we do it. There's no substantial um, thing about how it goes. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just, a, it's a feeling and it's an accumulation of data. And um, so that's, that's, that's a tough a tough thing to do, and I'm tired of telling kids. Yeah, I'm just tired of telling them when they're good enough. It'd be one thing if they were. I was telling kids because we just have to fill out a team, right? Um, but these are kids who are, are fantastic, and and every year we leave somebody home who's very capable of of doing well at the state tournament. As a result, um, it's kind of a tough call. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, love the kids, love the parents. Mostly love the uh, love the opponents. Love, have great relationship with most of the coaches, really all the coaches at one time or another. But but it's just that one thing. I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a younger person's decision. So I see. Yeah, it's kind of the, maybe the curse of the job of the, of the success. Oh, yeah. I mean we we uh, we had a year 1996. I'll never forget this. And, and and by the way, I I would rather always be dealing with these problems. Then with the problems of you know what are we going to do to find some talent? Sure. But we had a kid on our team that year who was a senior who was 25 and four at number one singles in varsity and didn't make our top mm -hmm. six because the two kids against or ahead of him and he wasn't a great doubles player and that was really what what hurt him. But yeah. the two kids ahead of him were undefeated for a career and the other one only lost to our number one player in his career. So he came along at a absolutely horrible time. I see. And um, there's no way you can really sugarcoat that. And that was a sad thing. Yeah. So, and, and we've had years, lots of years where we've, you know, just had to make decisions on who plays best together. Mm -hmm. One year, 
we actually, it came down to, we could not figure out between two boys who was going to be the choice to play our number two doubles. And they, we tried everything. They played matches against each other. They played matches with similar partners. We kept score for a week. And at the end, and I almost hate to admit this, this sounds so <laughs> horrible, but at the end it came down to rock, paper, scissors. And two out of three. And hated that then, I hate it now, because a kid's heart was on the line to, to play. And when, that, when, when that's what, what's going on, I mean, it's just... That's tough, but I'm not, but I'm, I'm not, nobody should feel sorry for us. I mean, we wanted to be in a position where every single kid we send out there is capable of, of doing something in the postseason. It's hard, it's our job to make that tough call at the end. I see, I see. Well, in full disclosure, Coach Ollie's still going to make some decisions next year. He's just, he's going to coach the middle school program one more year at least and, and uh, continue to coach or continue to teach history at the, at the middle school level. Uh, but I promised him a little bit of a trip down memory lane here today. And, and uh, so maybe I'll, I might just dial it back to 1973, 1974. And if, if you're internet savvy at all, you can hop on the athletics website at Harding University and you can, you can find uh, Dave Hawley's collegiate tennis oh, playing man. record at, at the NAIA level. Wow. And, and I got to say, not too bad. Uh, it, you don't look at it and think maybe Wimbledon or Roland Garros no. or anything like that, but not but, happened, uh, but, uh, but a solid player. Yeah. And, and, and I was just curious, just kind of the most fundamental question. When, when did the tennis bug bite you? Well, I think it's one of it's. I always tell my kids in class, life is full of fateful decisions, and one of mine came in my sophomore year in high school when uh, we got a brand new basketball coach in our town. It's my ninth grade year, and he said, "All right, if you don't play football, if you don't run cross country, uh, or you don't play tennis, then you're going to play." And we had fall tennis in Nebraska. Then you're going to do preseason basketball conditioning, and I'd always kind of knocked the tennis ball around, but I hadn't really played it. I said, well, I don't, I don't, that doesn't look like fun. Like, man, it's weightlifting and all this. And so I went out for tennis, and our town, which had been a really pretty good tennis town, uh, was in a low spot. And so I made the team and found I really liked it. And I had two classmates who were also freshmen who were really much better than me. And, and we, I started hanging around with them, um, never had a lesson, never really played much in the summer. Uh, but by the time I was a junior, uh, I played number three singles and number one doubles on our team. And in my senior year, I made state my junior year. My senior year, I, um, we, my partner and I actually were state runner-ups in doubles and lost to a really good team after having a lead. Uh, won the first set, we're up in the second set. And we just, they, we weren't as good as them. So then I went to York College and my, my I, was, I loved tennis and they wanted me to come play tennis or baseball and basketball. Basketball was the main thrust. Okay. And I got there and the tennis guys on the team talked me into playing and, and it was the best decision ever. I mean, we, we, were, we won the league championship. I played number one singles, didn't lose a match for two years, but it was really, really low level. <laughs> I mean, compared to what I, when I went to Harding, uh -huh. I mean, Harding, I played number one there all but one match. Okay. And, uh, but I, every time out, I played somebody good. I played a guy four times who was the, the NAIA top four player. Later played a little bit professionally and actually in one match, got three or four games off of him. My doubles partner, I once beat him. And so all of a sudden, I mean, now, now tennis became, 
I mean, I, I played two years of J, uh, JUCO basketball, and I, but I was done with that. Yeah. With, with that kind of basketball, I played AAU for a long time. Okay. I loved that, but but the tennis was really where I was. I was loving it and enjoying it. And uh, but when I graduated from Harding, I had no concept that I was going to do any not only tennis mm-hmm. coaching, just coaching. Yeah. I, mean, I had no desire to coach. I wanted to be a just a classroom teacher. I loved it. My parents had both done that and, and been really good at it, mm. but I could not get a job teaching history in those days okay. without agreeing to coach. So I coached varsity basketball. I coached uh, assistant football. I'd never been one minute on a football field <laughs> in my life. It was an eight. It was an eight-man school, uh, and I, I found I liked coaching. And then, and then, uh, collegiate came into my life because my wife said. I'm not going back to Campbell, Nebraska. <laughs> it's a great little town of 450 people. But there, there's no future here. I see. So we started looking and came to Collegiate, and part of that job was to be the tennis coach. And I had no experience, obviously, and I fell under some really good mentors. One of them was uh, Daryl Snyder, who was the longtime pro at Riverside Tennis Center and was played at Texas, was a fabulous coach, taught me so much stuff. And um, then just kind of fell in love with it and decided this is really kind of what I what I want to do. So, so when you started, you started out as the girls' coach or both? both the girls I started out as the boys' coach. Okay. In fact, I was hired as the boys' coach. Okay. They had had a string of really good but very, um, very transitory coaches who coached for a year at a time. I see. A lot of them were college players who had been great. And, I, and I, it was wonderful that our headmaster loved Tennis. He once gave me an afternoon off just to go play tennis at the country club with one of his friends in town. I needed somebody. I go, oh, I can do that. And, uh, and um, so I, it was. He just he wanted to put priority on that, and, and so I did too. And I, you know, very first, um, our first boys team had a really good player on it who went to Harvard, didn't play at Harvard, uh, but he was like a coach. I didn't have an assistant. He was like an assistant coach. It was just wonderful. And, and started thinking, okay, this is something I really yeah. could enjoy. And it was kind of the best thing. And then three years later, three or four years later, our girls coach resigned. Okay. I mean, she was done. And she said, I don't want to coach anymore. And her boys both played for me. I see. And, and she, yeah. was, she was just ready to be a parent. You know? and, and she was a fantastic coach, too, and had done a nice job. But we were definitely in the low ebbs of a program because uh, just not many girls were playing at the time yeah. and um, the first the, the first team I coached first or second we had um, we had 12 girls on the team 12 or 14 girls on the team and, and all of them were not really tennis wasn't their first love they were social which was great uh, but they we weren't very good in fact we finished dead last in every tournament we played that year, except one we hosted, we hosted one tournament. In that tournament, we we were a team short, so we, we played a varsity and a JV. So my varsity managed to beat my JV, so that was it. But the next year, we had three freshmen. We knew they were coming. I mean, they were they were eighth graders at the time, but three freshmen, and they immediately took over the top three spots of our team. And the other kids, when you moved them from one through three down to four through six. They're very serviceable, I see. and they 
got the bug as well. And within three years, I mean, we had really kind of started turning the corner about really kind of being a force and, and really being something where our, our younger kids wanted to play. And, and then I took over the, the summer school program and, and we just started making that something that we, kids wanted to do in the summer. And that was, that's really been maybe the biggest lifeline is that we, we start an enormous number of kids here. I, I'm not naive to think that I've, I've been the, the strongest hand in a lot of their lives. I mean, when they get really good, I want them to go to Genesis or the Country Club or Crestview or other programs where they're going to be able to do, especially during the school year where I can't be with them, yeah. they're going to be able to be in a situation where they're getting better all the time. And, and that's been really kind of where we've, I think, been flourishing the most in Wichita's just an amazing tennis town. I mean, I don't think it gets near enough credit. The, the coaches and pros who have been here are, are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, just world-class in some cases. One piece of your program that I think you, you've kind of become known for, and you look around practice and all the courts are full, uh, you have a no, you've had a no-cut policy for as long as you've done it, or uh, right, is, yeah, just, and, and really, how has that changed the job? I mean, did it, it obviously well, creates more work, but. Oh yeah, it's, it's a, I would say that if I was to look at the negative, <laughs> the negative is if you, we, the year, about five years ago when we won our 50th title, we had 50 boys on the team, mm. 50. And yeah. I promised them every year that I'm going to try and get all of them as many matches as I can. And you know, some of those may be duels. They may only do JV duels. <clears throat> they may go to some low level JV tournaments. They may go to some lower level varsity tournaments, but our, our schedule is packed. And to make sure everybody gets their matches, I mean, it's a, on Wednesday, on a Wednesday and a Thursday, I plan out the next week. And it's sometimes a six to eight hour job to, to make sure, first of all, I haven't double booked people and make sure that I have coaches able to go to different places and, and set up the practice schedule, because if we have coaches taking people, we may not have people here <coughs> actually running practice, yeah. and that's an issue as well. But but to me, I think that's part of just of giving everybody a chance to do you know, what they do. And there's, with most of these, many of these kids, there's no misconception about what the future holds. I mean, they're, I mean, they, they may be a career kid who stays his entire life at JV, but just likes to be on a team. Yeah. Uh, we're taking a, a boy to JV League tomorrow who has never, well, they play in varsity tournaments, but mm -hmm. never really been a, a kid who you'd say, okay, we're, he's somebody we've got to keep an eye on for, you know, for potential top six. <coughs> but it's been really fun for him to be out there. He's, mm -hmm. a, he's a good kid. He's a good leader. Uh, he tries hard in every single match. I've, I've taken him to three this year, which has been uh you know, being able to have really good co-coaches has been one of, one of the things is I've liked is, is taking kids who maybe don't always get the head coach at the tournament, you know, let me go and watch them play a little bit. And, and that's kind of a fun thing as well. That's been a, that's been a good thing. Yeah. Well, just switching gears a little bit, I, I, everybody knows you've worked with not just collegiate kids, but a lot of kids that play tennis in the Wichita community. I think one of the things that kind of caught me in, in, in some of the 
just the research I've done on you is you've gone out to Scott City, out western, out in western Kansas, and put on summer clinics and yeah. and uh, you know and you, they're good this year. If, yeah, and if you could yeah. share just kind of how that came about and and really what's you know does it give you some satisfaction too that that you're not just helping your kids but uh, kind of help grow the game. And, yeah, I, it, that's been really kind of a fun thing. In fact, I've got a good friend at Independence, Ken Hall, who just went into the Kesha yeah. Hall of Fame, yes. and, and he have, and I have talked about putting on these one-day, two-old-guy tennis clinics. And, and it kind of came out of, I've gone, I used to go out to um, um, Tribune and do a clinic for them, a three-day clinic for them. Okay. Um, but that was just a long drive. And, and they didn't have they didn't have a boys' team, just had a girls' team. And it, that was fine. It was all good. <laughs> and then I let that rest for a bit. And I've gone to other places and do clinics. And I've been a clinician at Crestview on the coaches thing. and. But out of nowhere, uh, three years ago, the Scott City coach called me and said, um, we would love for you to come out and spend three days with us and, and just work with our kids and talk to them about things you do because we think we're on the cusp of something really good and, and both boys and girls. And I said, well, I'd love to do that. So we uh, we did the first time. This will be, the coming up will be my third year. Okay. Um, they have a, a really nice facility Scott City does things right. I mean, they're a, they're a 3A school, sometimes 4A, yeah. that really, you know, treats their athletes well. They have good facilities. They had just built a new tennis complex. <coughs> and um, so I went out there, and and early on, they were, uh, I mean, they were just, the boys especially, just kind of figuring it out. Good athletes, you know, but wanted to play. Not really sure what they should do in terms of, what does it mean to be a good player? Um, and then, um, but the girls, the girls were already pretty good. And then we saw, I, I worked with them in the summer. And then I saw them at the state tournament. And I felt a, I felt some ownership. Not, not. I mean, I was there three days. Yeah. They didn't change their world. But I felt some ownership in terms of seeing them do some things that we had talked about, we'd worked on. Some, we do some little things you know, with our kids that, you know, signals and, and voice, not voice commands, but voice reminders <laughs> that are, are really good. And saw them doing some of that. And then their kids played really well. I see. And it was, um, it was, it was really good. And then last spring at the state tournament at um, Kansas City, all six of their boys qualified, but they weren't ready. And they were, they were one day and out, but they stuck around. Uh, second day to watch and when I went out and talked to him and, you know, about three weeks later I said I'll tell you what that was a huge you may not think that was a huge thing that was a huge thing I mean you might have thought well we can't get back to Scott City tonight anyway but, <laughs> but you could have gotten up early in the morning and left yeah. but you didn't you came out and you watched and you saw what big boy tennis really looks like and with these other kids who've been doing this for a while and I I really think they have, have made great strides. I mean, I, they may be still a year away. I mean, I, 3A, 3-2-1-A is dynamite this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, and 4A is good, too. I mean, it's, some years I say 4A is better, 3A is better. Right. This year, I think both of them are really pretty good. And I don't know what kind of a dent Scott City will make, but they'll make a bigger dent than they made last year. And then that sets the stage. And then the great thing is they've started these younger kids you know, kind of catching that bug, and, and that makes 
a nice difference for Absolutely. him as well. Well, you brought it up. It's just this year heading into state, and, and, and Coach Ollie's final, final tournament will be the uh, 3-2-1A state tournament at Wichita's Riverside Tennis Center uh, on May 12th and 13th. And, uh, you know, coming into the spring, you, you were having to replace maybe one of your best single player, singles players you ever had in, in Nick Graybon. A kid who had – I don't think he's my best player ever. Yeah. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he may have had the single best season. Yeah of any singles kid, and that includes Matt Wright and, and those guys because, I mean, he, Matt played, Matt played a, a really good schedule, but Nick played an amazing, 16 of the 28 wins he had were kids who who qualified at state and 13 of those medaled at state yeah. at some level or another, and he lost in 15 of his matches and didn't lose a game, which is just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, replacing that was not going to be easy. Right. And... You know, you had your two Charlies, Charlie Dunn and Charlie yeah. Nolan, a really good doubles team. Yeah. Uh, you have brought back, you know, a sophomore Carter Drumright, who's who finished third in singles while playing a pretty mean second base for yeah, for a state championship good. baseball team. And and uh, Charlie Gentile, he's one you, you told me about in the preseason. Yeah, it's a, has had an outstanding freshman season. Uh, Sky Fujinama was on your state team last year. Uh, as these, as we wind down here, uh, are you excited about uh, maybe the possibilities for them? And then uh, kind of the second question I had, do you, have you had to guard against maybe, uh, you know, just tell them that this year, hey, let, let's, the the win one for the old coach doesn't yeah. really have to be that you way. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. I, <clears throat> I don't, this is an interesting team. There's, we have one senior who's in our, we only have four seniors. One of them is a world-class swimmer, I see. but he doesn't. But he's not a world-class tennis player. Our one senior who plays has never had the lead, and I'm so proud of him. It's Jude Cunningham. I'm so proud of him for for his his leadership attempts. I mean, he's working hard, uh, but he's but it's the first time for him in this big dance too. Yeah, uh, and everybody else are sophomores and juniors who we're trying to get to the point where, okay, you can replace four of the best seniors we ever had as a group mm -hmm. ever. And that's that's not fair to them to, to put expectations on. Sure. But, I, but I've noticed at times, in my mind, I don't know if they would agree with that, but in my mind, they've, they've pressed some. And I think they've, they have, you know, I think in the back of their mind, they just sometimes think, um, you know, what's the season going to be like if if it doesn't go the way we want it to go? And I, so I sent him an email the other night after the tournament at TOC where we played very well. I mean, I thought we played, we had about, we had maybe three matches that we could have won that we didn't, but we also won two or three matches that I didn't think we would, which, so that kind of balanced out. We finished third in a great field. We finished ahead of at least two or three teams that I think, frankly, on different days are probably stronger than us certainly more experienced, but maybe just don't have, Charlie helped us a ton. I mean, mm -hmm. finishing third out of 32 is, gets you a lot of points. It does. <laughs> um, but I, I sent him an email and I said, there's a couple things. I just want to, you know, we didn't really have a chance to talk after the fact, but I said, I loved how you battled today. Loved how you stepped up to the competition. Um, I said, I want you to understand that I don't know, I don't know what's inside your minds and, and whatever, but I said, I absolutely, and at peace with whatever happens to us this year. We, I knew, I knew coming into this year that 
Kansas City Christian had every single kid back except one, and, and all their, their five best. Yeah. And they, if not for an unfortunate regional coming here last year, would have been much closer to us. I mean, they, they didn't get second, and that's a joke. I mean, they were by far the second best team a year ago. I mean, because they happened to get stuck in the regional with us. And, and that has burned in their hearts all year. And so they worked. I mean, they're, I knew they were going to be better. I knew they were going to be great. And they are great. I mean, yeah. they're, they're legit. So they're the easy favorites. So I, I told you guys, I said, you know, two things. Don't don't always feel like, okay, we have to, if we don't walk out with the biggest hardware that it's been an unsuccessful season, that's not true at all. And, I mean, don't worry about anything related to me. I mean, I'm totally at, at peace with what, what comes up. And, and we're, I mean, we're not going to battle. We're not surrendering. And, yeah. and we're not going to go through the motions. But And I want you to play hard and I want it to hurt if you lose but but um, you know there there's some other really good people out there and, and we're gonna be facing them so whatever happens happens and, and I uh, I'm okay with that and a little bit frankly I don't know how you would ever talk about this without it <laughs> sounding like it's self gratuitous but I knew last year that we were gonna be facing this spring and I knew that we were, I mean, I didn't know how good Charlie was going to be. I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't know how good he was going to be. And I knew we were going to be replacing these four kids who have just done everything we've asked them to do. And even if we had four great freshmen, it wasn't going to be the same. Sure. And so I could have quit a year ago and said, you know, let, them, let somebody else come and do this. And I, I, the only part of me that I really am proud of is that I said I would I want to go to bat with these guys and I want them to have um, I want them to have a really good last year and then and then then I'll go mm-hmm. and then if we don't measure up in terms of winning a title then the next person who comes in you know won't have to ever 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 answer a question of well you know Coach Ollie would have won that and there's, there's no there's that's not true at all if we if we win it. It's not me winning, it's the right. kids winning. And if we lose it, it's I will take that blame, and I would much rather uh, do that. And, and so, But the bottom line is, it's, it's going to be a tough state tournament. Yeah. And, and, and kind of want it to be that way. You want to battle. You want your kids to rise the occasion. And I'll tell you this, they're not thinking, um, at least verbally outside with each other, that, that it can't be done. Yeah. I mean, they're they're full of high hopes. And, and, you know, we've seen crazier things happen where, People don't show up at a state. First time we won a girls' state title, we were not at all the favorites. Lions was the favorite. They had beaten us two or three times during the season, and their number one singles player totally had a horrendous state tournament. Went from being, I think, the number two seed to losing every match she played, and and we won every match we should have won, and no more, and and we beat them by a point. And so I learned a lesson very right out of the gate, you know, show up and work hard and, and maybe the the tennis deity will <laughs> will shine on you. I see, I see. Well and just finally, we're we're kinda of looking a little bit beyond here to the to the state champion to the state tournament, but we're also 
looking beyond the future, you know, to the future of collegiate tennis. And I know you kind of jokingly mentioned to me last weekend that you might be one of those guys driving a, driving a van to a tournament down the road. So, so you may not be attending your last high school tournament, but, but really kind of in the, in the, from the 30,000 foot view of collegiate tennis in the future, uh, have you talked with Mitch Fiegel a little bit about, about, you know, your successor or what, 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 yeah, we, can be done we've with? talked and, you know, and he's, he's worked hard, um, it's not an easy job and it's and it's not an easy job because we don't cut because I'm at the school all the time yeah. um, and, and whoever may come in right now there's when I say there's nobody like me in the school um, that doesn't mean there aren't great people but nobody does tennis the way I do and so right now we're, we're looking at okay we're have to go outside you know to find a coach or whatever it might be and, yeah. and the way we do it may not be the way that the next person wants to do it and that's totally their right i mean i don't have any territorial rights uh, what comes next sure. and, and um so but i, I do think that uh, whoever comes in boys and girls and maybe two coaches you never know uh, may will, will inherit some really good kids and some kids who are bought in and some kids who are, are um, hungry to do well and 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 it's i mean it will be there's there's a buy-in process that our our younger kids already feel. <coughs> it's a tournament Saturday. We had two or three <coughs> Saturdays, boys and girls watching. I see because they know this is them. Yeah, and and they want to be part of the excitement of those matches, and and so I'm not fearful of that at all. I think it's going to be. I think hopefully our greatest days are ahead of us, and we add some more courts and add some lights and. And, um, you know, keep pushing forward and win some more titles. Sounds like a good plan. Well, whoever, whoever steps in to fill Dave Holly's shoes will have, have quite a task, but they'll also have quite a foundation. Coach, thanks very much for your time, and good luck to you with, I, with your final a, run here. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to, to listen to an old guy reminisce <laughs> a little bit. And, and uh, thank you for all you do for Keisha Sports, and very, very excited about reading those articles. Thank you very much. And that was my Keisha Covered podcast interview with uh, Wichita Collegiate Tennis Coach Dave Hawley. Uh, again, winner of 33 state girls tennis team titles and, and 26 boys titles. Uh, he's also produced 86 state singles and double state champions between the two. So, so Brent, just a, a remarkable run from a surefire Hall of Famer. Absolutely. I mean, what, what he's done speaks for itself. And, and we believe that he's the most decorated coach in history in any sport. Uh, and, you, you know, you've got coaches that have won multiple state championships with one program and coaches that have won multiple state championships across many programs. Uh, you know, guys, guys like obviously Terry English has, has done it. Uh, uh, Van Rose from Shawnee Mission Northwest had all those cross-country uh, state champions um, back when he was coaching there. I mean, you, you go back and there's guys that just have have victories. Ed Crewell at Cape of Mount Carmel. I mean, he football championships and golf championships. I mean, I mean, you got guys that have just gone out and won multiple, multiple state titles. And for Dave Hawley to be the the king of them, king of them all is a uh, is absolutely impressive with what he he has done and and scott is there another team that could lurk as a like a sleeper behind casey christian and and uh and collegiate i know in talking with uh coach miller yesterday 
one name he brought up was was Trinity. And he said going into the season, a lot of people had talked about Trinity being a team. Uh, you know, are, do they have some guys that are c- capable of, of maybe them, them making a run as well? Yeah, I think I think that's a team that you could really look at as maybe one that that can can you know there's going to be a lot of disruptors in the in the three 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 two one a tournaments you know with 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 uh, Ryan playing the singles for for Central Plains and and uh, but Trinity definitely could be one and they're coming off a, a you know quite a quite a meet at the Central Plains League meet the other day uh, their number one singles guy JJ Henderson won the the title and they've had tournaments where they've won all four divisions this year. Uh, so certainly a pretty deep team, uh, top to bottom and, and, uh, you know, their, their competition at the Central Plains League meet at, at, at Wichita State was, was a really tight one with Wichita Classical, another one that might be able to make a little noise there. Uh, uh you know, I, I think that's kind of been the, the theme I've seen of, of the league meets that were contested here earlier this week is that they're, you know, that there were just a lot of tightly contested ones in terms of the team standings and and uh, you know sometimes league meets are, are a time when coaches will play mad scientists a little bit and and move a singles guy to doubles or vice versa just to to give them something fresh for regional but uh, you had a uh, basically a dead heat at the central plains league meet uh, with trinity and classical both tied uh tied for first uh, with with 51 points and they they go to a winning percentage tiebreaker to to try to decide the champion and and uh you know i Ironically, both teams, uh, you know, their singles and doubles players combined to win 122 games. So that so the number of victories didn't separate uh, there. But but uh, Trinity lost four fewer games than Classical, and that's what ultimately gave them the team title. And and so yeah, it, you know, when you're looking at other contenders in three two one a, Trinity would definitely be uh, one to consider. And then just kind of playing on that theme of the, the team competitions, that uh, I, I was up at that ABCTL Division three and four tournament in, in El Dorado and. And Winfield beat Collegiate um, actually by one point. Winfield got the team title with 53 points. Collegiate had 52. Uh, McPherson had 51, and Bueller had 48. So that uh, you know whatever mad scientist thing was at work there, it, it turned it into just a pretty much a dead heat among four teams. And then uh, in Arc Valley Valley Chisholm Trail Division Two, Andover scored 40. Andover Central had 39. So. Uh, one there and that Andover and Andover Central, you know, I kind of switch gears here, and then I'll then I'll jump out. That's a regional that really catches my eye. Uh, you know, on Friday will be at, at Andover Central. You know, it doesn't have the reigning 5A champion in, in May South, but there should be some really good competition there with Andover, uh, Andover Central, Arc City, uh, Eisenhower, and then the two city league t- teams, Capen and Carroll, uh, the top two uh, there. Uh, the singles bracket's going to be really strong. Andover's Paul Jittaway won the Division Two ABCTL two title uh, singles title the other day. Uh, Capen's Jack Judkins took the the city league tournament title, uh, avenging a loss to Carol's Barrett Stephen there, and and then Eisenhower's Kyle King finished second to Jittaway to, in Division Two. So those four guys will all be in the singles bracket, uh, and I think that'll that'll make that an outstanding field. And then in doubles, uh, you know, Arc City's got a really the O'Donnell brothers, and and so uh, they're going to be tested by two really good teams from Andover Central. So that's kind of a regional that I'm I'm really interested in keeping my eye uh, on down here in the Wichita area. Yeah, I've got I think I've got an equally good one in five A uh, up here at Topeka West. Uh, not so much uh, team depth, although Topeka West, you know, they were state runner up last year in Class Five A and and uh, captured their city championship again this year, and then they went out at the UKC league meet and, and go one, two in both singles and doubles to run away with that title. So Topeka West is, 
is loaded again to, and they really are pushing to make that run at a team title this year. But man, their regional is is tough as well. When you look at you've got Blue Valley Southwest and Aquinas coming over. When you look at that singles draw, that's just a loaded singles draw. You got Russell Locka, the two time uh, defending champion of five A. You've got the the brothers from Blue Valley Southwest. We'll let Mac talk about them a little bit. Uh, they're there. Carter Cools had an awesome year in singles play after playing doubles last year. He's back and uh, he he's had a great season. So that singles draw goes four deep pretty easily. And then uh, you know on the double side, I think you know the Cusick brothers who were state champions last year uh, have a shot at uh, have a shot at going out and winning it again this year. They've had a great season. They should be the favorite to win the doubles draw, but that singles draw on that side at, at Topeka West Regional on Friday is uh, is going to be a monster. But uh, before we stick on 5A, let's go back down to 4A. And Scott mentioned uh, Winfield, McPherson, Bueller. Uh, you know they they're all going to be in the hunt, but the question is is will any of them have enough to uh, to take down defending champ Independence and and Mac Independence has had a, another strong year and has really a. a, a trio that have, have title aspirations when you look at singles player uh kale groff and then the doubles team um uh, that that's down there yeah you look at uh, the, the team they just won their 10th straight uh sek league title and you know that's not generally where they're facing the toughest competition but when they make it to uh, the postseason, they they do good against everybody else in 4A, and uh, you know trying to go for that third straight uh, state title as a team. Obviously, the the leader of the pack has been uh, Kale Groff, uh, trying to go uh, for another uh, state title uh, in singles. Uh, finish off his senior year with with n- number three. Uh, <clears throat> he looks primed and ready to to do just that. And then the interesting one will probably be that doubles uh, because uh, the team uh, that won it last year, it was uh, Camden Julian with uh, Breck and Birdie who graduated. Uh, And so now Julian is teamed uh, up with uh, Easton Morris, which they were actually doubles uh, teammates uh, two seasons ago, back in 20, uh, 21, uh, they, I think they finished third, uh, at state that year. Um, and so, uh, you know, always tough to, to try to put somebody else in the mix and, uh, immediately have a state title, uh, kind of be the bar that's set there, but they, they look like, uh, they could be in good shape to, to, to do that, or at least make that deep run. Uh, they're 24 and six this year. Uh, most of the losses were against uh, doubles teams from bigger classes, or they they had one against uh, you know the Casey Christian duo, uh, and then I think uh, the only one that was uh, in their bracket or in four A uh, was against uh, Jackson David and Adam Everett of uh, Winfield uh, back on April twentieth at campus, and uh, that one was a tiebreaker finish. So uh, that just if if that group can can uh achieve what you know they they at least groff and julian have been able to uh, achieve in previous years uh you know you you look to 
be in, in pretty good shape. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they can get the the number number two singles, number two doubles, uh, to to make it on to to state uh, as they did in previous years, and 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 be able to to get them those points to stay ahead. Because uh, you know, two straight uh, state titles wins, but I think it was by six points last year. So you know, that's that's one player not making it quite as far as uh, you know, you kind of predict them out to be and all of a sudden it's a very tight race so uh not 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 gonna be an easy one for him but definitely still uh right there uh, you know in line to try to uh win that third straight and uh you know looking at some of my other ones uh you know uh, 5a brent earlier you mentioned uh blue valley southwest and uh that'll be an interesting one because they have all their state competitors from last year. Uh, they were underclassmen and they finished third as a team. They got all those guys back. And uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, uh, I, I don't know what we'll see on uh, the the regional bracket and where they push people in. Because yeah, you mentioned it, uh, the, the, the brothers, the uh, Raj Kumar brothers, uh, they are – really good they played at singles at state last year uh but late in the season uh it's actually been uh the the older brother vishal uh he's been playing doubles uh with uh saket uh jenganath and they've been pretty good and so I'm not even sure if he will stay in the singles bracket versus uh, sticking with the doubles and trying to to, to mix and match there because uh, they they have so many uh, uh, kids that are, you know were there last year. Uh, Bentley Pearson has only been in eight uh, matches this year, uh, and he's won all of them. Uh, but he's only played in two doubles, but he was on one of the doubles teams last year. Uh, you know, when you look at all the, the records, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how the coach and the, the players decide, okay, where do we want to to try to uh, seed these these players and, and get them in there? Do you throw in uh, Bentley Pearson with uh, so few matches? I mean, potentially in doubles, but he has a few more in singles. I don't, I don't know. Is he going to be the one they roll with? It'll, it'll be very interesting to, to, to see just which ones they want to put in doubles, which ones they want to put in singles. Cause uh, the team has a lot there. And when you, you look at something like finishing third last year without having anybody in the semifinals or finals, I mean, it, it, it'll, you're getting those points from having all two singles, two doubles, being able to perform, get as many wins as you can. And now this year, if you can get a few that can go a little bit further, if you get them seated right and they can make it into the semifinals, all of a sudden you are creeping up there to the top of, of that leaderboard. So they definitely have uh, team title aspirations. Uh, and then obviously uh, Russell Loco is, is being uh, the – front runner uh undefeated this year 20 and 0 and uh you know it, just at this point you pencil him in and then we'll see who can try to jump in and, and throw their best shot to to knock him off but he uh maybe even better than he's been in years past which is scary because he's been pretty darn good for for a while now um and then looking at 6a it's 
just anarchy. Uh, you know, uh, normally you're pretty sure Shawnee Mission East uh, is the team to go through, and that might still be the case, but it's not going to be easy for them to, to, to win the team title again uh, with uh, quite a few challengers uh, moving up. And then uh, the 6A singles bracket, which uh, just absolutely loaded and was one that going into last year felt like there was a clear front runner, felt like the undefeated uh, number one singles player for Shawnee Mission East, Graham Ferris, would uh, be the one that can uh, go through the tournament and, 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 and get that say title. And sure enough, he gets knocked off in the, the, the semifinals to a freshman. So you never really know. But this year now, going in, there's not much clarity because, uh, you know, that freshman, Blue Valley West, uh, Francisco Landeris, uh, you know, he doesn't even end up winning the state title. Uh, it was actually Ferris's teammate, Gregor uh, Wiedemann, who, who takes it. And Wiedemann at this point has had a pretty tough year before missing most of the end of the season. Uh, didn't compete in the Sunflower uh, League tournament. Uh, so we don't even know if the reigning champ will be ready to, to compete at regionals. Uh, that puts you in, in a very strange spot because when you're looking at the possible front runner, it might be Blue Valley North senior CJ Smith. Uh, he was undefeated in singles competition until the EKL final, uh, when, uh, Loco uh, ends up beating him. And then, uh, you know, but he had some impressive wins. Uh, he beat, uh, both Garris and Bartles and Casey Christian down at the, the Wichita collegiate tournament. Uh, big thing for him though, before you could say he's a front runner, he still hasn't beat, uh, Graham Ferris, which these two uh, have been friends and, and, and tennis opponents uh, going back to when they first started playing tennis. So uh, they spent most of their lives facing each other. They know each other's game. And, you know, uh, that ended up being the third place match uh, last year. Ferris and Smith and Ferris gets the victory. So uh, th there are a bunch. And when you start figuring out, okay, who can beat who because of wins, uh, you know, Ferris isn't undefeated like last year, but he only has a couple of losses, one being against another Blue Valley West uh, freshman uh, this year, uh, Jonah Stolte. Uh, Stolte has traded wins with his teammate, Landeris. They've gone back and forth. Uh, Landeris got the most recent win, although it was a 2-0 win in the EKL uh, singles third place match. Uh, Stolte bowed out with an injury, so we're not sure uh you know, uh, who would win a full match there if it's still Stolte who got the, the win over Landeris early in the year. Uh, so with all of those guys, and I'm not even, you know, there, there's a couple others that probably have, uh, you know, uh, some, some hope of being able to at least make a deep run. Uh, I think last year, even though it wasn't Ferris that won, I could have told you going in, Ferris was the front runner this year. I, I don't even think I can confidently say it's CJ Smith. There are, you know, four to six top, singles players in 6a uh that that could end up being uh the the team the the singles competitor that wins state and i wouldn't be surprised if any one of them so it'll be fun to to watch that and then uh, i think the team race will end up coming down one who can sneak through and and, and get further in the singles race but it really be the the doubles uh you you have some some uh good teams the the uh hansen and 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 call from from Stride mission east they won uh the the sunflower league doubles uh title uh blue valley uh 
you know, West has a, a couple good teams, but it was in the EKL. It was uh, Blue Valley Northwest with with uh, Pennington and Ospina that won the EKL doubles title. And that one was interesting because uh, they beat their teammates, uh, Ball and Sanjuala, in the semifinals. And it was actually Pennington and Sanjuala that were the state runners up last year as a team. So they split them up, and both teams, uh, I think, have a good shot of, of uh, not only reaching state, but making a deep run and potentially winning the state title. So Blue Valley Northwest... Uh, doesn't quite have the complete team to, to, to compete for the state team title, uh, but they can definitely play spoiler. And if they're able to to, to knock off uh, one of the doubles teams from either uh, Blue Valley West, Blue Valley North, or Shawnee Mission East, uh, that could be a big factor in who could win the, the 6A team title. So uh, not a lot of clarity going in, but definitely a lot of good tennis that's going to take place at the 6A regionals and definitely uh, at 6A state this year. Yeah, for sure. 6A state, usually uh, dominated by the by the KC metro area. Scott, Ricky, and myself, anybody that can maybe crack that uh, crack that from the south, from the west. I know Washburn Rural had a, had a pretty nice league meet. Uh, Mason Case Beer uh, had a good year for Washburn Rural. Uh, but is there anybody from from south or west? And Ricky, maybe start with you. That you got that regional out in Dodge City. Um, you know anybody from out there that maybe can go and make a make an uncharacteristic run? We haven't seen anybody really from the west kind of step up and and have have one of those deep runs in in state tennis and six, at the six A level is there somebody out there that to maybe keep an eye on i don't know i don't know about making a run for the whole thing but uh you know you you mentioned it you know western kansas it's no secret it's not exactly a hotbed for tennis but they you know when they do have a kid step up and make it to day two you know it, it, it it's a big deal on singles last year uh garden city's logan morin uh you know he was able to make it to day two in in singles um and that was the first time that had happened for a Garden City kid since 2006. So, um, and he was the WAC singles champion. And he he's actually played uh, doubles this year with Colin Kleistuber from Garden City for for most of, for most of the years. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, when you know when when you can go and and get that experience of playing against some of the really good kids from the eastern side of the state it, you know they they really enjoy that you know it's it, it's tough it's tough i think a lot of times for them to make a run cuz you know there's not as many facilities and and stuff like that out here but um, you know any any time they get that experience i think they they really cherish it um, i did want to go back to uh, 3 through 1a a little bit uh, scott mentioned Peyton Ryan from Central Plains uh He's gonna be a factor in, in three through one A singles. I don't I don't I don't think there's any doubt about it. He he only has two losses in his career, and they were both to state champions in the state tournament uh, last year. Uh, I thought he gave Collegiate's Nick Grimond a, pr- a pretty good match in uh, the first set. That that thing was back and forth, and uh, Grimond pulled it out, and then kind of he Grimond kind of just rolled in, in the second set. But I thought it was a great state tournament for, for Peyton. And you know a pretty good finals match uh, this year. He's twenty nine and zero. I think 
he was I'm sure he really felt good about getting that match against uh Charlie Gentile from from Collegiate. Uh Peyton doesn't get a lot of good co- I mean he doesn't he hasn't been tested a lot this year or maybe not even at all. I mean he he pretty much rolls through most of his matches. Um uh, to get that match at this point of the year, I'm I'm sure he felt really fortunate, but uh, you know, obviously, you know, winning is just in his blood. Um, his older sister, Emily Ryan, we all know what she did on the basketball court and what she continues to do on the basketball court. Um, but she was a heck of a tennis player. It, all of his siblings were, were really good tennis players. And now his older brother, Michael, is is his coach. So, uh, you know, I think it's just a question if he can take if he can take that next step and, and be a champion. But if but you know, if you're going to beat him, I don't think, I think you're going to have to play a good match because he's a really talented player and I expect him to be right in the conversation. Um, a couple other people, guys, I just wanted to shout out, um, Scott city. I think I'm going to go out to that, that regional at, and Joaquini tomorrow and see, uh, and see, and see, uh, Peyton and some of the other guys there, but Scott city, uh, you know, most of their players have really, really glossy records. It's, it was kind of impressive to look at. Um, and their doubles team, Avery Noel and Sage Steckline, they've been really good all year in doubles. Um, and and singles, uh, Houston Frank, uh, he's had a really good singles year. So I expect I expect them to to really have a good uh, team showing in that regional out of out of Waukini. Um, so yeah, but uh, I'll be really interested to see what what Peyton does and the Peyton Ryan does in the postseason. That's for sure. Yeah, Brent, I just chime in going going back to six A. Maybe just a, a Wichita area group to watch or team to watch is the maybe the double tandem for Derby of, of senior Isaac Bowman Bo- and uh, Hayden Carrillo. And Hayden transferred from Dodge City. He was a state qualifier uh, a year ago and, and moved to to Derby right before the start of the school year and. And I think maybe was planning to play singles, but he and Bowman have found a pretty good connection as, as a doubles team this year. And I think uh, just lost two or three matches this season and, and finished second in, in the uh, Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One uh, tournament earlier this week. So so that's uh, I, kind of, a, I guess, if I'm looking for an intriguing um, 6A qualifier, potential qualifier uh, out of the Wichita area, it would, it would be that team. Gotcha. Well, that's a little preview ahead of uh, state tennis, which will be contested here uh, in a couple weeks, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that. So it will be held um, May 12th and 13th. Class 6A will be held at Crossover Tennis Center in Topeka. The Class 5A tournament will be at the J.C. Louderback Tennis Complex in Arc City. The 4A tournament will be held at Walter Blake Tennis Complex in Pratt. And then the 3-2-1-A tournament will be held at Riverside Tennis Complex in Topeka. So our next podcast, we will wrap up the tennis state champions and look uh, look ahead to uh, the upcoming state tournaments and state uh, championships that will be held in earnest once that tennis kicks off the uh, state championships uh, for the sports side of things. And this weekend, uh, we also do have uh, speech and drama. We'll have their state championships um, this weekend, I believe. Yeah, May 6th, this weekend, the Class 6A uh, championships we held at Blue Valley High School, the 5A at Valley Center, the 4A at Washburn Rural, and the 3A at Wichita Southeast, 2A at Bishop Carroll, and the 1A at Hutchinson. So good luck to all of those competitors in speech and drama this weekend as you go after state titles in your activity. And 
that will conclude for this week's Keisha podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in for Scott Task, Mac Moore, and Ricky Peterson. Thanks for thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.